0: I hope you guys are chilling. We're going to get here with this kind of prologue to the entire adventure path. We won't be getting into book one today, but we get to learn about our characters and everything that brought them up to the circus today. Uh, We will start off here with uh, our little goblin friend. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your character.
1: Well... <clears throat> My, your little goblin friend is a uh, iron gut goblin named Scrag. Uh, he is a alchemist uh, who enjoys the finer things in life, such as exploding potions and uh, other doodads and gadgets. Um, I... Yeah, he grew up in a. Slightly less than normally violent uh, goblin tribe, and that had other members of this group there that I won't say just yet. Um, and you know, by and large, he's 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 very he's very interested in making things and kind of focused on his craft. Uh, he's got a pet uh, trash panda named Pilfer. Um and yeah, I mean that's a quick little summary of him. I think.
2: Hype uh, Thovis hit us up with the dwarf. Well, Thovis is a uh, moderately sized, bit stocky dwarf who uh, is a son of a forging family in his hometown. They dealt with a lot of. Uh, metalworking for weapons and armor, and he was never very talented for that. He never worked well with his hands, wasn't very creative, uh, so he ended up being the kind of pack mule, uh, fire watcher, kept the kept the forge going and bared the heat really well. So that was the good. That was the good thing. That was what he was u- useful for. Then he went into a bit of traveling sales. He would take uh, works that his father made to. Uh, repeat customers and take things to go get uh, purchased. He would end up selling a little bit, uh, kind of touting the good name of his family. And he uh, ended up going to see a circus and thought it was just a marvelous thing. And thought, "Eh, maybe I could do that. He saw some dwarves who were there, and they were doing some cool throwing things with hammers and each other. It was just It was wonderful. So Thoves decided it was going to be a good idea to give it a try. So he occasionally started picking up hammers and worked on practicing routine, which did not make his father happy. Uh, And through various circumstances, he ended up deciding that that family life where he was nothing more than the pack mule for taking their stuff to each and every customer that paid them a little bit of coin... He would rather make a living doing something more fun. Something he enjoyed. So he left for the circus.
0: Nice. Uh, Spring Breeze Meadow. Tell hey, us hey. about your character.
3: Um, Spring Breeze Meadow is a small little leshy. She's um, comprised of a bunch of vines and leaves. Um... Depending on the season, she'll have, you know, different adornments on her. Um, her skin is kind of has like a bark patterning, um, but the tangle of vines on her head kind of representing her hair constantly moving, and there's a variation of opinion. Some people would call it really cute, some people would call it very creepy, so we'll leave that up to uh, each individual judgment. Um, <laughs> she is a very meek, soft-spoken, um, little leafy vine person. Um, and we will see her story. I think coming up.
0: I think so. o to Lisa, tell us about your elf.
4: Okay. Well, first off, <laughs> my elf is. A, um, she's kind of like kind of cast out by her own clan and she kind of came to the circus to kind of like find a new family and um, she basically just um, she kind of like she really like loves food as well she um Basically, whenever she doesn't eat enough, she kind of, like, has, like, hunger pains and kind of, like, kind of has, like, an outburst like that sometimes. And then, like, um, she kind of has, uh, she also kind of, like, has, like, a thing, too, where it's, like, if she's ever, like, tossed or something, she, like, doesn't really like it. she's a little, like, standoffish on some some things like that. And it's kind of, like, her general personality, really.
0: Nice. And... Cole, tell us
5: about your half-elf. Cole is your classic millennial half-elf. He's from an upper... a rising middle up-to-upper-class family. Uh, Realized he had some magic potential. Ended up going to a college. Ended up dropping out close to finishing, as most millennials do. Uh, As a result, he had nowhere to really go... Some shenanigans resulted in the school that made it hard for him to really find a place. Uh, so, having no real option, he went back to a childhood fantasy, let's say, uh, and decided to join the circus. And is totally not trying to hide any sort of crippling issues that caused him to run away from home. <laughs> nah,
3: you know, millennial I feel stuff.
1: Like, I feel like that's a lie. A little
5: bit.
3: I'm getting some weird vibes that it's a. Not full truth. Oh, I, I guess I should say, uh, physically,
5: he's generally well-built. Uh, he always liked going outside, especially once he joined the circus. Uh, he excelled at being an aerialist. Uh, he has white to silver hair, depending on the, which way you're looking at him. Uh, and he has uh, 2 tone eyes. That is totally not weird at all. And totally a family trait.
0: Totally not anything weird. hmm
5: Totally normal
3: millennial stuff, you know.
0: All those seem like lies.
3: I'm sure he's telling the truth, guys. X Bo. Yeah. Don't be fine. We'll write an article.
0: Write it write it down, take a note. Alright. So we will start with one of our characters. You'll find out really quick who it is. Uh We see some flashes of a goblin in a majority goblin tribe on the Starstone Isles. Growing up a busy kid allowed him to learn many things with his hands. The camera moves to scrag, sitting on the ground, making a contraption out of rocks and sticks that allowed him to rotate his food and cook it evenly. Beside him, a little plant entity that had seemed to have taken a liking to some of his work. Easy enough for adults, but Scrag was only five years old. This contraption that he made seems quite inventive. Uh, You guys talking anything?
1: Uh, Scrag probably is testing it out on uh, the local rats that we have collected, uh, because rat is one of the best of meals, um, especially for a five-year-old goblin. And uh, kind of looks over at uh, Spring and goes, um, "So, is this the last one? Because I, I've burned them all so far. I, I think I just leave them on there too long, and you keep distracting me."
3: Scra- Scra- Scrag, The the tail's catching on fire.
1: That's well, the tail always catches on fire. That's fine. I, okay. Yeah, no. You just cut those off. You really should eat some rat sometime.
3: No, thank you. Well, you you should try some sun sometime.
1: Um, mm, that that's not how that works. But thank you.
3: You're mm, welcome. Great,
1: I'll just go back to tinkering and trying to fix the thing not rotating correctly. <laughs>
3: Uh yep. Spring Breeze Meadow goes to look for more rats for him.
0: Okay. Uh and as we see you kind of walking away to pick up more rats, uh some time passes we see you like a little little taller, a little healthier, Scrag's a little older and instead of bringing back rats, you're bringing back plants now. Some elders walk by as Scrag is mixing some liquids kind of in some bottles as he borders up some of, the, some of the herbs that you've been bringing him. And eventually, these elders that are watching him, uh, we hear kind of background noise talks of Scrag going off to learn in a city, going to learn from some longshanks, as the goblins call them. So uh, we see kind of towards the end of this scene, Scrag walking basically out leaving his tribe to go learn at a Longshank city.
6: Longshank!
0: Longshank! I've left? You have left. You're gone. No it. it was a good campaign. Damn. Yeah, bye! Uh, about the same time, probably some somewhere around the same time, we're going to call it the same time in this story, Uh, We see flashes of a young half-elf in his house, his parents. Not quite well off, but not hurting for the money either. That was until they moved. The camera zooms to them standing in front of a fruit tree, quill and paper in hand, with some who looked rather wealthy. Another flash to Cole in his new home later, a swarm of tutors around him. We see a paper handed to him. says, History of the Starstone Isles. And another stacked on top of that one. A paper on the occult. And another two or three are handed to him as we hear someone in a rather commanding voice say, Alright, Cole, get these back to me. I want no marks. Basically telling you that you need to learn them to perfection and are expected to return back. What does what Cole say, feel, et cetera?
5: Uh, I think he just kind of nods and smiles at this point because like, he's been overwhelmed by like the amount of paperwork that he suddenly has been thrust into. And so he's just kind of like, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Because he doesn't want to get the like wrong end of a belt because his parents are pretty strict about him getting everything right. And he's, he's a little, uh, he knows what happens if he messes up.
0: Gotcha. Um, The scene kind of switches after the paperwork, and we hear, uh, Knife here! Fork here! uh, As another person is standing behind Cole during dinner time, uh, kind of commending him where to place his utensils, even as the rest of his family just sit and enjoy their dinner, Cole is continuing to be tough.
5: It's one of those lessons where they tie you to the chair to fix your posture. Right, where they tie the napkin around the back of the chair so that you can't move a certain amount of degrees. So right. he's like trying to get as much food as he can while still following all the lessons, and it's not really working.
0: Yep. Uh, kind of in the, in the same little timeline, uh, we see a young dwarf working the flames for two other doors, one much older and one slightly younger. The elder dwarf looks up and says, but at least you can do that, right, Thovis? Uh, as he hammers hard down into something that is beginning to look like a helmet, kind of bending around the cast of a head, the younger dwarf gives a apologetic look to Thovis, his older brother, and keeps hammering away. What does Thovis kind of feel or
2: say at this point? It doesn't really say much. Just kind of keeps going at the keeps going at the fire keeps. Just watching and envying in slight amounts the um, skill that his family is able to display. But um, he understands at this point that that's never going to be him. And he knows he's good at what he's doing. So he just wipes his brow and keeps fanning the flames.
0: Gotcha. And the camera flashes to a different scene. Though this again, this time a
5: little older, a little
0: more hair on his beard, as he arrives at a storefront with a large bag—probably a little bag, a large bag, probably a little too heavy for most to carry. Uh, metal clangs as he kind of sets it down at the door. And an older dwarven woman comes and says, "Ah, more of your father's great work, I see. Thank you." As she, ah, yeah, me. Well will uh, be getting some more of that to you. And She gives a little nod and a smile. She goes to the back. We begin here and hearing uh, coins clanging together. She brings you a coin purse that is a little lighter than most payments you would have. And she says, uh, "I think, I think this is going to do for this time. Uh, we haven't been quite happy with some of the work."
2: Uh what's been wrong with it? Don't mind my asking. Uh, just.
0: Usually the time and um, very rarely do we find any imperfections, but some of the some of the time that it takes to get here
2: he he nods and just kind of looks away from the person and says uh, i see we'll uh we'll make sure to do better next time She gives you a a little
0: smile and says uh yeah we we definitely we keep up with it for." you bring in it to us, so I hope to, hope to hear from you again.
2: I uh, that you will. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, you're welcome. Thank you.
2: Uh,
0: and then, on Thovis' way back home, he hears a deep, booming voice of, uh, acrobatics from short stubby folk. It's a wonder the beards don't weigh them down. Come watch them take flight at the circus of the wayward wonders.
2: What is Yes. His head turns curiously and a brow is raised. Strokes his now longer beard that's no longer constantly singed by the fire and uh, just thinks to himself, huh, well, that's a, that's a way to kill some time. Wonder if they got any drinks? And uh, we can see him walking towards that booming voice, ready to uh, spend the night in the, town where it took a little bit too long to get to. All right. We switch
0: on over to our resident Leshy. The camera zooms into an elven man prone on the ground, face down in the dirt. A blood trail behind him shows his last few feet that he's crawled. As the camera looks ahead of him, a large naturalistic ritual is spread out. Vines, branches, and leaves are shaped into an archaic and chaotic magical circle. We hear a weak voice say, Go, my my being. As he is able to slap a hand down onto the edge of the circle. Strong winds pick up, swirling around this clearing, centering on the ritual he has set. We watch his being slowly dissipate into small leaves that blow into the wind, as if off a dying tree. Some leaves are caught turn green again as the wind, as the winds push these vines, leaves, and branches to the center. A brilliant flash of bright green light from the center blinds us all until we see remaining a small plant-like entity covered in the vines. Standing in this meadow, a little breeze kind of blows over her. And what do you... As you come to life, what do you think or say?
3: Um... Or anything. She looks around uh, as the breeze is kind of like pushing through the grass around her um, for a moment looking not in the direction of the body and then kind of like just takes in that moment looking at everything for the first time and she turns around and then her eyes just kind of go wide seeing this body there Um, and she will,
0: um, rush up to it. Okay. Uh, as you rush up to it, you kind of catch the tail end of this ritual, where the body is, like, you see maybe half a body there, and you're catching the tail end of this ritual where the body is kind of dissipating into these leaves that were blowing around. Like, the the body itself is becoming some of these leaves.
3: And am I still forming in the way that some of these leaves are anything?
0: No, this, okay. this is kind of like the, yeah, this is the tail end of the ritual you have formed.
3: Um, she'll kind of turn her head a little bit to the side, confused as she sees this dissipation and um, looks up, sees some trees around her and starts walking.
0: Okay. And this is all uh this is a little bit flashback prior to eventually you find yourself kind of walking into this little thicker forest, little swampy ground, and you hear some goblins that kind of I say hey, is that a is that a tree moving and another goblin says something, another one says something, and eventually you find yourself surrounded by four five goblins not really brandishing weapons at you but they're definitely like encroaching on your space
3: she stops moving and kind of just starts turning in a circle looking at each of them and you know turning your head sideways a little at each one and eventually settling on one and approaching it slightly and a vine kind of sweeps out and touches its hand
0: i like Pulls its hand back immediately, and they say. She cocks her head. Says, on. It says, uh. You, you think. You think that you think the boss would like this? Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's let's bring it. And they all like, you're not like manhandled or anything, but they all kind of like begin to kind of push you in their group to walk with.
3: She looks at like the direction she came from, and then the direction that they're trying to push her, <laughs> and she walks with them.
0: A couple, uh, flashes of the camera, and you, next thing you know, you find yourself sitting, cooking rats with Scrag. Mmm, rats. Mm. Uh, and then, our last one. We see a very young, if not a child, elven female stand before her parents. Did you skip your training again, child? You know you're meant for greatness, the father says, the munder standing there with a look of disappointment and resentment. The young elven female known as Odalisa just rolls her eyes before flinching as a hand was raised to her, though no contact was made with her face this time. These are our ways, girl. Follow the rules of our clan, the father says, proud of turning on the hill and walking away. Do you say anything, or how does she feel?
4: Um, she basically just kind of looks down at the ground and, um, and just complete, um, I guess you could say, like, disappointment in herself.
0: Gotcha. And noticing that, you hear a younger female voice kind of pop up from the corner of the room. They mean well. A... 2 your younger version of a similar look, says to you, your younger sister. Do you say anything to her? Um,
4: I say, thank you. I know they mean well, but it just feels like there's just too much pressure sometimes.
0: Uh, she gives you a little nod before, kind of, uh giving a small bow and turning and walking out of the room. We watch as the camera scans over you, uh, much older now, you brandish slender curved blades of obvious elven make as you run through the trees. Footsteps behind you can be heard. Clearly, there's a man chasing. A scream catches... O- canches? A scream catches... Odalisa's attention in the distance, and with one very small hesitation, she turns off the marked path for her. Coming upon a small halfling child on the ground, crawling away, she sees a jungle cat on the prowl for the child. With little hesitation, she quiets her steps, sneaking up on this cat. And what do you do?
4: So, as I sneak up on this cat, I give a killing blow to it and I'd save the child.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, and kind of jumping on his back, dagger into the dagger into the neck, you take the take the cat down and the child just kind of backs up from you, seeing seeing some blood covered on your hand. It begins like backing up to you in a tree. Uh we'll skip over here to scrag again.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Uh, there we go. Um, so coming back from the Long Shank City, you you get this smell of smell of smoke, and it's not it's not like cooking fire. It's it's not they're not it's not food. They didn't prepare a feast for your return or anything. Hmm. Can I? How far away am I? Uh, you're probably about two hundred feet at this point. Can I tell at all what what it is or no? Uh not really. It's hard to see. It's more smoke than you're used to for sure. Uh I mean but like even two hundred feet away it's not like your whole village isn't on fire, obviously. Or tribe. Better not be. Uh yeah, no, Scraggle slowly
1: start um like approaching, but kind of you know warily and trying to keep out of sight just to kind of make sure nothing
0: terrible is going on. Okay. Yeah, as you begin to approach slowly you realize very slowly that something is wrong. You see an orc walking around and then another and you used to trade with orcs now and then, but this this is not a trading party. And you hear All right, let's get them that Let's get them that they don't want to be a part of this and put them in the cage. Sell them tomorrow. You hear in response, uh, Sure thing, darn ag. As one of the orcs you watch picks up a goblin in each hand, throwing the first one into a cage, he kind of hits with a thud, and then you hear the orc stop and chuckle and goes, oh, uh, this one's dead. And he just kind of like drops it and kicks it across the ground a little bit. Skrack
1: kind of scowls at that, but for now just keeps quiet into the shadows and starts trying to look around for anybody he might know, anybody, you know, any of the elders that might be friendly to him or anything like that, somebody who can maybe help him or
0: kind of give him a better idea of how bad things are. Yeah, looking around, uh, you're not quite sure you'd be able to get into a advantageous position to talk to someone unless you kind of like put yourself in danger. Yeah, he doesn't mind kinda of risking it a little
1: bit. Um if he thinks it's possible.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, you think it's possible and you're kind of looking around and you see uh Black. He's one of your one of your like better known friends, not an elder or anything. You would think that the elders are probably actually under guard currently since they are the only people that could talk goblins into rising up against the orcs. But you see black Two is a little more well-known friend of yours.
1: All right. I'll kind of sneak up to him when I, I can get a moment and kind of go, Hey, black, um,
6: the hell's going on?
0: Kind of looks at you from behind the cage and says, uh, "Wait, that's you, Scrag?"
6: Yeah, I think I came back at the wrong time, but
0: yeah. I mean, I would. He like leans in a little. I I would say it's the right time. You're not in here with me. That is a very
6: good point. Um, why are you in there?
0: They did. De- they decided they wanted our tribe. They're using us. They're selling us. They're. I. I don't know. Orcs. You know. Yeah.
6: No, I know. Um. Where?
0: Is wh- where's the elders? Uh, they. They're in the center, but I don't. I don't think you're gonna be able to get to them. All right.
6: Well. Um. Let me, let me get some of you guys out. Uh, do they, like, go away? I don't know. I'm not sure I can
0: pick the lock that well. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're gonna leave us anytime soon. They, they kinda just got here. Oh, shit. Um. I see, like, a, a slight worry look in his eyes, and he, he's like... Kind of get the sense that he's more worried for your well-being, since you're safe right now, and kind of resigned to him in a cage. Is there anybody, like, around? In uh, particularly right now, no. There's no one, like, standing watch on him, but, I mean, at any point an orc could walk by.
1: Had I seen the orc that uh, kind of gave him, or put them in the the cage, and, like, locked it?
0: Uh, not recently, but I mean, you saw him do that, and then kind of walk off in one of the directions.
1: Okay, if if I spend a little bit of time going around, can I kind of find him?
0: Sure, like walking around. Eventually, you find him. Just yeah. uh, tormenting one of the goblins.
1: Okay, um, are there like goblins walking free as well?
0: Uh, not right now no but you get the sense this just kind of happened okay um
1: then he's going to yeah he's going to try to like sneak up on it and um uh eh, he's going to try to sneak up on it and grab like the key if he can
0: okay uh yeah, just kind of running up, you wait till he like picks up a another goblin and kind of tosses him and you just by fate you catch the you catch the opportune moment that the keys kind of fall off and you're you're running up to snag him, they kind of fall off his little belt loop, and you just snag him off the ground and running and by the time that he turns to look at the ground where he thought they fell, they're not there anymore.
1: Perfect. Then, yeah, I, I just run back to the cage and kind of start quickly trying to undo the lock and go.
6: All right, let's uh let's get you out and uh, anybody else we can out get out real quick and
1: uh, get away from here. Me he quickly just unclasp it.
0: Okay. And yeah. If you're there's you're other cages
1: around. I do the same.
0: Yeah, you're able to get him out. You get a another goblin named uh, Leard out. A, another male goblin and then you get a female goblin named Ung out, and that's about the point that you hear hey some of these cages are open oh, fuck
6: um alright guys uh well, we gotta go I don't think we can get any more
1: yeah, yeah let's, he, go, let's he, go he kinda, go. kinda runs and grabs like some bags that are lying around or anything that might have, like, supplies as as they scamper off towards the woods.
0: Okay. Yeah, and you grab a couple of loose supplies and you scamper off into the woods with a couple of goblins. Uh Switching back to Cole here, uh, we kind of, the camera flits to his, uh, seems like a birthday party. There's a cake, candles, a couple of people singing, uh, Looks like he is about to put on a performance for some people. So, what do you do, Cole?
5: Uh, I think this is like uh, a bunch of the investors from like my parents, the farm, and everything. Uh, so I I have to put on this performance to show like to show good face and to like add a little bit more prestige to the family name. So I'm a little nervous. Uh, I can definitely see my parents' eyes as I, like, have this hat on uh, with, like, a little pointy edge and, like, a little fake cloak that they've meticulously woven together. Uh, And I end up, I think, just casting, like, a light cantrip that goes into a prestidigitation cantrip of, like, a little flying bird of, like, light. And that causes, like, my... uh, you know, my family to clap and ooh and ah, and it's as quickly as I do this performance is as quickly as my parents turn around to start, like, using it as a platform to talk about how great their son is and how everyone should be, you know, looking for their family name and shouldn't we invest more in the family and yada, yada, yada. This is much more of a party to do business as much as it is my birthday party.
0: Yes, and it is very quick that both of them are sh- smoothing up some, uh, some of the local aristocrats, and we see the camera flit a couple of times from them smoothing up locals to smoothing up the uh, largest, closest city. Uh, so magic and Cole's family didn't ruin anything. Uh, it only excelled his parents' plans. Uh, we see them in a very large city, a very wealthy magic school, and... Cole stuck in the middle of it all, much to his liking, though, once going to this magic school. Some normalcy normalcy came back as children were now involved in pranks against him. The new up-and-comer in the school, uh, it felt a little normal, also caused him to go through some of his own stuff. We zoom in through to Cole, smile on his face in a dark room with a shining carved stone. Uh, kind of as the camera zooms in, you see the sign say storage closet. Uh, So what is he doing in there?
5: Uh, This is like a little secret hideaway, especially ever since with everything that went on with my parents, I've always, I quickly kind of grew a habit of trying to find like secret places that I can squirrel things away, uh, you know, uh, places that other people don't really go to just get some peace and quiet because I've always been surrounded by adults. And now that I'm in this boarding school where my parents are at least some distance away, I have a little bit more room, but those habits still remain. So he's kind of taken over the storage closet that no one else seems to know about uh, and has kind of made it into his like little secret fort area. He's maybe 13 at this point.
0: Gotcha. All right, we will skip over to spring here. The camera flits again, this time we see the same plant entity, but in a small cage, uh, treated much worse than the goblins did. The uh, She is, in fact, in the same goblin encampment yet. Now there are orcs walking around, uh, picking up a dead body, a dead goblin body here, laughing, throwing it out into the woods. Eventually, one of the orcs comes up and says, Eh, what are you good for? Uh,
3: um i I'm good with plants, and I can make different kind of uh salves for you and, and he kind
0: of kicks G- the cage really hard sorry he says Any- anything
3: what what do you mean i I can make you know things with plants I can help make some of the food, and I can he turn it- he
0: turns on his heel and looks back to the middle and he goes that useless we find something. Maybe we eat her later. And then walks off. We watch as one day passes, two days pass. Thankfully, you're in the sun because they don't even try to feed you. The background lighting turning from day to night multiple times. Eventually, a humanoid figure with feline features and a tail walks up, saying very plainly, I don't care what you've done here, but I'll give you 100 gold for this one, as she points to your cage. what is? Uh, spring thinking at this moment.
3: Um, she's very curious, kind of like looking at the tail, probably never seeing a feline humanoid before, and just taking it all in.
0: The orc, you see the orc uh, give a smile, um, and he like nods for a second, kind of tries to put her at ease, and then goes to swing his large fist at her uh, with apology for the pun cat like reflexes the fist (laughs) is quickly directed to the ground which the orc finds himself on his back Uh, you hear 50 gold it is as she pulls some of the coin out of the patch uh, out of the pouch drops the pouch on his chest and takes the key releasing you out of the cage and saying you're with me
3: oh okay thank you so much
0: she gives a little nod as you guys begin walking back, kind of through the forest, uh, and off somewhere that you don't know yet. Though so this is you're sitting in the circus that night. Uh, what a show it was! Uh, the dwarven, you something that caught your eye more than most was these uh, dwarven people that took both took turns. Like their build-up was kind of, they took turns like launching each other off of this seesaw-type platform and kind of tumbling through the air, landing it. And then at the very end, they have this kind of makeshift contraption that, uh, for all intents and purposes, looks like a uh, a catapult, except for um, like a pulley that would launch you on a fulcrum. It just kind of pushes them out, and you get to you just watch these guys just fly through the air over and over. He
2: is stunned by this acrobatic display from these people who he's so used to seeing uh, huddled around the table. Bar fights is about the most, uh, he sees somebody flying through the air and that's usually just a few feet, but it's, it's completely contrast to everything he's ever known about how dwarves work. And it's, it just it traps him. It just entangles him. He can't take his eyes off of him. And then
0: we watch the camera kind of flip back. You come in at home. You come into home that night. Sorry, we lost a couple. Uh, lost a little frames there. All right, strings break. Uh, and we watch the camera kind of flip back to you coming to home that night. Uh, almost immediately, you arrive in your room and begin practicing some of those same tricks. Uh, the camera switches scenes to a different day, and you kind of practice it one, two times, following your face. Another day, same thing. But every time we see you rising off the ground, a slight smile and a determined look on your face. Uh, definitely needing more time, you begin replacing your passion for the family business with the passion you're slowly developing for these circus tricks. Uh, Another, we hear another voice in the background as the camera flits one more time, uh, voices of disappointment from that we can recognize uh, your father and another dwarf. Later, the camera settles on Thovis in a chair, his father standing equal with him, but over him. You're a disappointment, son. Stop being such a disgrace until you get yourself straight. And he kind of motions with his hand to this older man that you're quite used to, kind of the family handler that is usually set as a babysitter slash constant punishment inducer uh, to watch over people. Anything uh, through just, mind at
2: that point? Thelvis's jaw is said he's he's not saying anything he he knows full well that he's been slacking and he he's tried to take his attention off of what he saw and what he's been trying to practice but little by little his interest is going away and it's it doesn't help that now he's got somebody watching him all the time and he's been reprimanded for practicing these silly little uh, little things as he's been described to them uh, by his father and it it's starting to get on his nerves but he he knows his place in the family and he intends to I guess keep his station but he doesn't say anything here he doesn't make a move to talk back he he knows he messed up but it can't help but feeling, but did he really, though?
0: Gotcha. That's the last thought in your mind as the camera kind of switches back over to a bloody tan and pans up to see this elvish female again, on kind of releasing the cat that she killed down on the ground. Uh, another halfling walks up to the, or runs up to the scene, uh, it seems the father of the young child. The elven man that was chasing her in war paint stops in his tracks, stunned as the halfling man looks at him, and he's, he gives a bow to the elves and says, oh, thank you, and immediately you hear behind Odalisa, quiet, Odalisa, with me now, as he kind of, like, points at his feet, do you give a move?
4: Uh, I say, you know, um, what's wrong? What did I do? I don't think I did anything wrong.
0: He looks at he looks you up and down a second. He says, "You, you know, when it's when it's your crap. I forgot. Uh,
4: GM sucks.
0: He's what is it called that you're in right now? Uh, you're you're coming of age. Oh, yeah, he goes. He goes. You know, when it's your coming of age that you don't put the tribe at risk and you stay on track.
4: Well, I've kinda of thought that, you know, saving another life would be kinda of worth exiting the trial. Just a thought.
0: He gives the exasperated sigh looks kinda of the halfling, he says Don't Don't tell anyone that we run a trial here. As The halfling gives a quick nod and he says, Come, as he just kind of walks off with you. Uh, The scene then switches again. You hear background voices of, We can't just banishment? The mother from before says, as the father turns his back to the mother slightly, talking to a much older woman. If that is the wish of the Overseer, then let it be known. The mother begins to speak again before she is cut off by a glare from the Overseer, quickly quieting her. The father gives a nod. Uh, the next scene, we see Odalisa walking away from her place of living, tears in her eyes. The mother with the same tears in hers as the camera flits there. You are no longer a norfira You are no longer a Norfaira. Uh, those are the last words that Odalisa hears uh, being stripped of her family name. Anything that you do or think?
4: Well, as she's walking away, she's kind of wiping her eyes from crying so much and trying to figure out what to go, where to do, uh, what to do, where to go, and all this kind of stuff. And all these thoughts are like going through her mind, and she kind of like. Sits there for a little bit. Thinking like what can I do now? I don't know. Um, where to go from here. It's kind of what she's thinking. And then she kind of. Remembers that. Um, there could have been like a. Menagerie somewhere close by.
0: Yeah. And remembering that you. We watch you walk for. One. One. Two days until you eventually make it to the town of uh, Escadar, and you see flyers kind of everywhere. The Celestial Menagerie, a circus that allowed most anyone of skill in.
4: Um, so, she kind of, like, goes through the menagerie and, like, sees everything and kind of gets um kind of taken aback at everything and how everything um is kind of so different from where she's came from.
0: Yeah, and like looking around, it looks like your first view of it, it looks amazing. Like elves, half elves, another you see another another acrobatic uh half elf kind of in the air at this point. Uh, and you just you're just looking around at everyone, and it seems great. Uh, the camera kind of we see a few days pass. The scenes change a few times, and every once in a while, you catch that glimpse of uh, the mistress herself. That not not the first thing that you thought when you came here. As you watch her uh, mistreating some of the animals, you see a uh, plant-like entity in a cage, as she kind of. Swings this long stick and then eventually, like, ends up poking at the at this plant entity in the cage. Uh, and with that, we switch back to Cole. Uh Cole. Later, later on in your years, a bully kind of comes up to you. A little used to this, uh, but. Today he goes a little further. He gives you a because you a push in the chest as you can kind of fall back onto your backside. And the only thing you can remember in your head is uh, failure cannot be tolerated. Cole, give them twice more. Uh, and that same little same little stone that you've had in your hand uh, that you've spent some spent some time kind of going around the s- school setting up little little things around. Uh, just, it kind of feels warm to you
5: um, with kind of the voice of my parents kind of reverberating, uh, in my head, uh, I think that to get a higher status, I need to be more powerful. So I take, like, I've been setting up little ritual stones all around to, like, do a transference spell or some such that I've been dreaming about, uh, and so I try to activate it after like after the shove i don't know if this is directly after or some time after but he would certainly at this point after realizing that he will never be accepted without showing some sort of like grand act like he did when he was a child uh he's going to activate the ritual that he has started to set up
0: yeah and you you kind of it's not really visible energy at first but you kind of feel this energy beginning to well up between the, all the places that you set up and you like it's first like to your back you feel like strong energy there and then to your right and then in front of you and then to your left as we we just watch this energy kind of will up and center itself on you and then the camera zooms to some flyers 80% of Tatara up in explosion 100 plus wounded more than two, more than 20 dead. Suspect still at large. We zoom in again and we see Cole is now in a village one night out of breath on the run. He stops looking down kind of to his pocket. He's, he looks back up to a mirror behind the inn owner. His right eye now a bright gold color instead of the brown it used to be. But uh, what else could he do now but sleep. Though sleep did not come easy. He was... Riddled by constant nightmares, an imposing six-foot shadowy creature. A time when trees were pink and purple, giant lizards roamed the land. His magic seemed to come with a price, and these unwaking nightmares, the big part of it. Uh, Looking around at his life, he needed to make a choice. And that was when, in the town you escaped to, Eskadar, you... Keep seeing these constant flyers, these constant barkers shouting out, Come join the Celestial Menagerie. You have any skills at all, we accept
5: you. Uh, Kind of running low on funds, like I didn't have time to prep as I picked myself out of the rubble. I think he would have definitely headed that way, because his parents would never look in a circus. So he could hopefully hide there. Until things cool down and he can figure out what the hell is going on.
0: All right. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, jump back to Thovis here, really quick. So, uh, let's see. I keep losing my place. All right. Right. Thovis, we we hear this. Uh, that again. We see this handler. He's kind of over you right now and he's not really allowing you to do what you want uh, for a matter of saying he is constantly if you're performing circus tricks he is putting it into that hard he is pushing you back to this blacksmith work or selling he even like when he gets really upset he is attempting to make you actually blacksmith which is one absolutely no fun and you're not good at it
2: Dovus just gets more and more frustrated. You can see the visible signs of him holding back from just lashing out at this guy. He he knows that things mean well. He knows what he needs to do, but what he wants to do and what he's supposed to do are completely at odds, and it's an internal struggle at this point.
0: Uh, yeah. And then one day he kind of, he catches you doing another one of these circus tricks that you just can't seem to lay down. And he kind of physically takes you by the arm, pushing you a little bit into your room. The door goes flying open. He pushes you kind of towards the bed and he says, what is your plan? You, this is not how you're going to represent the family.
2: Thelvis just grips and unclenches his fist and just looks up at this handler who he's been so patient with, just breathes deep and says, You know what? Fuck the family. And he lashes, or he charges towards this guy and just makes a haymaker swing just as upset as he could possibly have gotten. And this physical confrontation was the last straw in the uh, cart that was already too heavy for him to carry. And he decks the guy across the jaw, sends him toppling to the floor. And as after he does this, he blinks in surprise and just looks down at his own hands and has a fear in his eyes. What has he done? What's going to happen? And he just looks at everything that was around and knows that his coffers are quite empty and managed by uh, the handler and just reaches down to grab his pouch and, Goes into the hallway, shuts the door behind him, and makes his way as far from there as possible.
0: Yeah, and easy enough after you deck him and put him down, you take off and it's not long after you leave that on your on your journey to the kind of the nearest city that took you a little too long last time, you encounter some goblin folk along the way. Uh Scrag, you, kind of on the road towards where you're aimlessly heading, you encounter a dwarf. I imagine we kind of, like,
1: approach him while he's, like, making camp or something, or has made camp and is probably, like, sleeping on the side of the road or something. <laughs> uh, at at some point in his slumber, a the smell of a cooking fire... Can be uh, awakens this dwarf as kind of standing over him is this like big goblin face with pointed and broken teeth, uh, just looking down at him. In this mangy looking uh, raccoon kind of sits on his chest, just looking down at him. A mushroom kind of poking out from the top of his head. As a uh, scrag just looks down and goes. You hungry? Uh Uh, uh, uh. Uh, It's dinner time.
2: He looks around and sees, I assume, a number of goblins around and says, Well, you don't eat dwarf, do you?
1: Uh, I mean, I've not. Well, let's keep it that way, all right? (laughs) Uh, uh, What's on the menu? Uh, Scrag kind of motions back to the fire, and there's, like, four plump rats and a bunny kind of just roasting on the fire. She goes, Ah, we have some selection. Figured you looked hungry, and, uh, you had already made a camp, so we used it. Thank you.
2: Uh, well, uh, glad I could be of some help, then. Um... Sure. If you're offering, then, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take it. Um, I'll take something small. You guys seem to have a lot more mouths to feed than my own. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, thank you. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: it's fine. Um, let's see here. Uh, what's your name? I don't see uh, many potatoes on the road.
2: Oh. Uh, well, neither do I. Um, ha, name's Thovis. Nice to meet you. Who are you?
1: I'm Scrag. That's Pilfer. And these are my well, what's left of my tribe. Um, yeah, we're on what's, our way to some left? Long Shank City.
2: Yeah, yeah. What's left? Uh, I, I'm sorry to hear uh, about something. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah,
1: the orcs. Uh they happen. Oh. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh yeah. Then I'm definitely sorry.
1: Well, that's fine. Most well not most. There are other goblins and um my plant friend uh in a city not. Well, I don't think it's far. Um we think we think they were sold to somebody who lives there. So we're looking for a thing called a circus.
2: Oh uh, circus. Well <laughs> that's actually kind of uh where I've been heading. Um I'm uh I'm looking for the I think it was called the Circus of Wayward Wonders? Is that the one? I I don't know. I just
1: heard it was called a circus. In a city. Oh well.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, then, if you're in there, then, uh, I suppose, um, I suppose, uh, we can tag along together, then.
1: Yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be great, because, um, well, the one goblin showing up, yeah, a bunch of goblins showing up, meh, even more. So, having a big potato with us would be great. Well, uh, glad to have each other then, I guess. Yeah, and all works out. He kind of sits down and starts, like, pulling out a bunch of vials to toss into the fire. Some chemical stuff
2: looking uh, like it's bubbling up. As Thoba sits up to kind of observe the situation and... I guess the raccoon scampers off. He'll kind of go to stroke his beard, but forget that he's already cut it short and uh, goes further up to get what's actually there and takes a look and catches a a whiff of the... uh, whatever it was that was just thrown in and crinkles his nose and just looks curiously at the little goblin who... Apparently has a way with uh away with a lot of things.
4: And, yeah,
1: don't uh, don't breathe this. It's very bad for you. Noted. Like super bad. I'll uh do my best. Then continues on. Continuing on.
0: Yep. Uh let's see. Where do we pick up now? Alright. Uh, back to Spring Breeze minna. um After being rescued from these orcs, we see you again in yet another cage with the animals now. We hear a background cacophony of laughter and a barker yelling at people to come see the show. About an hour passes, as in. As in the background we see many acts practicing and getting ready for their part of the show. This catfolk lady that had saved you comes up and with a wicked sneer, you've kind of seen this before, she brandishes this stick with a very sharpened end. And uh, you know that she is basically about to poke and prod you and she says so uh you gonna do it on your own this time
3: spring breeze meadow kind of like backs up into like the farther away corner to as much as possible just instinctively uh distance herself from the stick and she's just like i i want to but i don't i don't know if i can i don't know how i do it I can try.
0: Like, uh, sure, go ahead and try. As she, like, smacks the stick against one of the rails close to you.
3: She jumps a little and closes her eyes and nothing happens.
0: And she goes, Um ah, just constantly throwing it in my face after I rescued you. I see. And she takes the stick, pokes it through a. Her- couple of the rails in your cage and gives you a poke. Not not anything serious enough to like internally wound you or anything, but it hurts. I mean, it's a sharp sharp prod.
3: Uh, I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to. I I want to. I want to help.
0: And she takes the stick again and pokes you one more time. She's like, "Well, you know how you can help." As she kind of stops poking you, takes it, and swings it a little sideways like a little broomstick, giving you a smack.
3: She, uh, winces a little, closes her eyes, and there's like a weird slight shift in the vines on her head, and nothing happens.
0: Uh, She gives that same evil smile and says, Huh, well we're almost there as she kind of takes it and gives a little little sharper poke kind of in where your forehead would be and kind of like pushes your head back at
3: Uh as as it sort of catches a little bit on the on the sharper part and a little bit of like sap uh comes from, from the cut she swipes it away with like a a hand uh and she gets kind of sad and she's like i'm 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 really sorry and as she does she kind of like shrinks in herself and with a weird little like twist of vines and as she continues to shrink it almost like more than her body shrinks even further and pop she's a lizard
0: you see this like more happy smile kind of come on her face and she goes, see, she does and kind of behind her you hear this little applause kind of ring out as (laughs) as she was uh, clearly getting you to transform for an audience. Uh, Cole, kind of coming back to you, uh, gotta catch you up just a little bit here. You are kind of Looking around at your life now in this in this inn, and as we said, you needed to make a choice. you didn't run low on money and you set off to the the moon circus the the menagerie. Uh, as you find yourself there, you kind of look around and it's not exactly what you wanted. the camera kind of for a minute taking you to the next scene and you're treated great it's it's great for you you're you're making money you're become you're a new up-and-coming star there uh, just like your parents basically wanted you to be probably not in this kind of capacity but all around you the the animals and the plant-like creatures and the people who can't perform are not treated well Uh, what are you thinking what are you doing
5: uh I'm still a little shaky because I'm not I haven't slept well ever since the incident however long that was. Uh I I'm I'm trying to do everything I can just to throw myself into performing uh into something physical that will hopefully get my mind off of what happened. He's still kind of running away even though he isn't running anymore. He's mentally running and so that makes him very much blind. To everything, everyone else's problems, and he's very much assumed by his own problems. And it's only when uh, someone really screams out or there's something really wrong that he takes notice.
0: Which getting closer and closer to big show times is usually and it goes from once a week to once a night to when it's show night, like once an hour, and it. it Starts willin on
5: you. Uh I think it's I think it's the like the night right before a show that he finally goes to the madam and says, Don't you think you're running some of the people a little too hard, Mistress?
0: And she gives you a little smile and she says, People
5: The other acts. And There's only you... so much
0: she gives you like a look as you almost speak over. And she says, if you're talking about the animals and this little freak, uh, no, I don't run any of my people too hard.
5: Um, I think that's when he, he like looks up at her, but he can't look her in the eye. He's like scanning around the corner of the room for something, uh, but he doesn't seem to find it. I. Uh, the audience will know if there are too much, if people are in too much pain. If the animals are hurt or if we run anyone too hard, it, the show will suffer.
0: She gives you a smile and kind of looks to who has been your uh, kind of protege and slight uh, slight helpful performer as she looks to a elven female and says, I think you you focus on your act. You help Odalisa, and I'll worry about my circus.
5: He he can see like the the emotion rolling off her, and knows that if he oversteps too far, he'll not only put himself at risk, but he'll also put Odalisa at risk. Uh, and I think at that point, he like half steps in front of her just to like break line of eyesight between the two of them. In a kind of, if you're going to focus on someone, focus on me. Uh, of course, mistress. Uh, we are prepared. Don't you worry. Nothing will go wrong.
0: Yeah, and this kind of pattern continues over and over, beginning to kind of wear on you. Uh, is, there, is there anything that you do eventually?
5: Uh. Once the, the, he, like, as the nightmares increase and as things get stronger, he starts to really taste the bile in the back of his throat anytime he hears the animals in pain or, uh, spring breeze in pain. Uh, he can't get, like, those start to meld in with the nightmares and he eventually can't take it anymore. Uh, I think he, like, by the time that like, I imagine Odalisa and him either share, a, like, a room or share close enough to a room that she can hear him starting to pack things in the middle of the night. Like, he may not jump right away to leaving, but he's pretty darn close by about, by the time that the dreams start to get really bad, he is trying to figure out a way of leaving without getting traced again. Because this feels like another scenario where things could go very poorly.
0: Yeah, and it's it's not hard. I mean, this if you're a humanoid entity, then you are basically allowed free reign at the circus, and you don't think that she overly cares about anyone that's not a main act, so you think you and uh, Odalisa, if she's ready to cut out, could escape one night pretty, pretty unseen.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing the shadows dancing in the corner of my room as he finishes packing, uh, he does end up stealing one of the uh, the circus's like disguise makeup kits, uh, and just like as a as a thing of like, well, I'm leaving anyway, I might as well take this. Uh, and I think he goes to uh, Odalisa and knocks on the door, kind of his bags already packed. Yes. <laughs> Can I help you? Yeah. I'm leaving. You should come with.
4: Honestly, I thought you'd
5: never ask. Let's go. He, he looks definitely a little shocked that she's already... like The, the fact that, that this thought has already crossed her mind when it took him this long for him to realize, it, it, he takes a step back, but it, he quickly shakes it off in, in a tone of, like, well, good, then. I, I don't have to try to convince you. Uh, and he'll kind of try to lead the way because he's, he's done this before generally. So he knows how to like hide tracks and keep, keep things hidden. Uh, and with that, he, he'll look back in the circus, kind of sad that he couldn't take more, but to tra- to be able to not be seen, you need to travel light, and taking too many people won't really help. So he, he just has to go. Because otherwise, the dreams will continue, and things will just get worse
0: all right, and you guys are able to cut out pretty easily that night uh heading heading off to Aberton, as that is the closest large city around uh kind of making your guys way down to. Escodarus, Grag, and Dovis. You, you remember hearing about this this uh this circus being in in Escadar. this uh circus of Wayward Wonders. Circuses do move, you do know that, but I mean that's the last place you remember it. And kind of as you arrive in the city together, you're looking around, you're getting direction from barkers, catching some flyers And all you can hear about constantly is the Celestial Menagerie. This amazing circus with the changing plant and newly added goblins. Mother
2: fuck. That's
6: it.
0: uh,
2: They're goblins. uh, Are these your people?
1: Well... Unless there are other goblins that got taken... Which I'm sure there are. I'm not trying to be any sort of inconsiderate. Sold to a circus with a plant lady. I'm pretty sure these are the ones. Just throwing it out there. Uh,
2: m- <laughs> makes sense, I, I guess. Um, so, uh... What do you want to do?
6: Well,
1: I mean... Find out, well, if they're okay. I mean, you said the circus is a good thing, right?
2: I, I believe so. Um, the one I the one I went to was, uh, but this one's got a different name. Uh, but I don't see why it shouldn't be a uh, a good place. Well, um,
1: let's go there. See it, and then uh, I mean, maybe I don't know. And they were they were sold as slaves, so I don't know if they got let go or joined the circus or, or or how that works. So we we just got to find out. If they're okay, right? Yes, let's. Alright, then uh, Scrag kind of takes the lead and starts heading for uh heading for the city and the circus to to see what he can see.
0: Yeah, and as you kind of come in through the city it's easy enough to pretend like you're enjoying the circus and even if you don't pretend like that, like you're kind of assume that you're just going to enjoy the circus and not really looked at twice as you are able to uh walk up and you're not really able to get into the uh, background scene of things, but you do walk up, you kind of get inside, you're getting getting in the seating area, though you never really take a seat. and I mean, every once in a while you do catch glimpses of these cages being pushed around, and eventually, it takes a, about 20 minutes, but you see this one goblin go by, and then in the same direction right behind the goblin, you see this plant the same plant entity that you know that used to bring you herbs get pushed that way. Oh, they're getting pushed? Uh, it's like a cage on wheels.
2: Oh, they're in cages, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're in cages.
2: Do we both do this?
0: Yeah. You guys are just kind of like, hanging out and pretending like you're looking for a seat kind of thing,
2: but it's easy enough. Ah, uh, I'm not thinking that's uh, exactly the best way to be keeping people.
1: No, no, they're still slaves. It's fine. I'm pretty sure I got ways to right. get them out. Yeah, oh, man. oh, yeah. Makes, I mean, not good. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, clearly. Um, uh Scrag kind of reaches into his like of various assorted objects and gadgets, and kind of pulls out a couple of vials. He goes, "All right, well, um, yeah, I think I think I got a way for us to get them out. Um, we're gonna have to wait till tonight, and uh, it's probably gonna be something where we're gonna have to do it, and then." Uh, get out real quick. So if this is the circus you were looking for, uh, then I'm out.
2: No, this wasn't the one. Uh, this is. I heard that the Circus of Wayward Wonders was here, but this isn't it.
1: Well, good, because you would really kind of suck if you uh,
2: were here. <laughs> Ain't that the truth?
0: And kind of like, kind of like thinking that and you guys talking about it, you, like some passerby that's just got a little food and a little food in the bag and getting ready to enjoy the circuses. No, the, uh, the Wayward Wonders had to go up to Aberton. They couldn't compete with the Menagerie. Oh, well, is that so?
2: Well, thank you very much. That's great information. Yeah, no worries. Hope you enjoy it as to you. Where's Aberdead Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's, uh, northeast of here? Uh, by a bit. So it'll be a trip, but, uh, hopefully they're still there. Alright, well, that's no problem. Um,
1: well, first step first, we gotta get them out. Um, and Scrag will kind of take uh, a couple of these like blue vials that he's been carrying and go. Um Yeah, let's let's go and hide um, somewhere till they uh, quiet down for the night. Well, uh, uh, or you keep a lookout. You might not be so good at hiding.
2: Uh, I mean, you don't have to say it.
6: I mean, yeah,
2: I, they, I know you don't have to. But... He pats the goblin on the back with a smile and just says, "I'm just playing with you. No, yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep a look for him uh, if you need me. Well, I shouldn't be too hard to find.
6: All right. Well,
1: thank you.
2: And uh,
1: Scrag will kind of scamper off uh, to go and look." Um for a place to hide and kind of, uh, just kind of set himself, set himself up, uh, to, to bust him out.
0: Okay. Yeah. And it's not too hard. You're not really looked at twice, uh, as a goblin. You're either thought to have been, have let out to get ready for your act or to set up some rigging or just, they're like, Oh, uh, a goblin back here. Hey, clean up that trash.
1: Racists, races everywhere. Um, your face, and yeah, it's, it's Scraggle. Uh, kind of take because he doesn't have a lot or like a thief retool kit on him. He'll kind of just find a uh, like just some metal spike that they use for like the tent posts, and um, his uh, his frost potions that he's got, um the lesser frost vials that he carries around. And uh, when nobody's looking, kind of goes up to uh, Spring's cage first and goes, Spring! Spring! You awake? You
3: okay? She looks up and uh, seeing Scrag, she's like, Scrag, hi, how are you?
6: I... Why are you so cheerful?
3: Uh... What? What's wrong?
1: Um, I don't know. The cage... My friends in cages... Mostly the cage part.
3: Oh! Um... The lady gave me a... A home. This is... This is my home.
1: Yeah, this home sucks. Um... Yeah, Spring, this one sucks a lot. Oh,
3: um, I'm, I'm not Spring. You're what? I am still Frozen Waterfall. Now. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, mm. I was Spring Breeze Meadow. Yeah.
1: Yes. And you, why are you frozen waterfall now?
3: Oh, uh, still frozen waterfall. Uh, it just feels right.
6: Oh,
1: well?
3: It's
6: not a metaphor
3: anymore.
1: Scrag, clearly confused at metaphors, uh... (laughs) is just going to just nod as he pours uh, this pot this like oil, essentially, onto uh, the lock, and it just freezes up. And he goes, yeah, well, spring frozen meadow, uh, time to go. And he takes the spike and just puts it in between the lock and just, like, wrenches it, and it shatters the lock, I assume. Yeah, it just um, kind of snaps and falls into pieces on the ground. Oh!
3: Oh, oh, are we going somewhere else now?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're going somewhere else, and you're going to be really, really quiet, and you're going to stay on the site.
3: Okay. It's good to see you again.
1: It's very good to see you, but... Shh. Right. And then Scraggle kind of scamper off to the other goblin cages and break his buddies out in the same way. Um Scra- Scra- Gathering up them up and, Scra- you know... What? What?
3: What? 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 Are we very quietly saying goodbye to the madam?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I've got like one way to say goodbye to that lady, and I'm pretty sure I don't have the vial on me, so we're not. Oh, yeah, she's okay. A, I'll... She's a not nice lady, Duchess. No. Uh,
3: okay. Sure, Scrag. Let's go.
1: Alright. And... You worry me sometimes. Let's go. They scamper out to go meet up with uh their potato
2: friend. Slovus. Oh. Oh, uh, so this this is what you meant by the little plant lady. Huh. I've never seen something like you before. Uh nice to meet you. Name's Slovus.
3: Nice to meet you. I've seen a few of you before.
2: Hopefully they were... nicer than... well... the cages you've been in.
3: Scrag said that too. It was my... room, but... I like... less metals, so... I think I'm happy... to be out. And you see, her, like, some of her feet... um... some of, like, the roots dig into the dirt ground just a little bit just kind of like like you would sand between your toes um and she just like looks down at it and she just looks back up and nods she's like it's nice to meet you i think and she looks over at scrag and then scrag back just nods at thorvis and she's like uh, i'm spring breeze meadow
1: what happened to frozen something
3: i This feels right, now.
2: God, I can't keep changing. So is thoroughly, um, entranced by this adorable little plant thing, and as she's talking about her room, his, like, you can almost see his heart breaking through his face, and he's just like, oh, oh, you poor thing. Well, I'm glad you're happy now. Uh, Let's hope we can find you a home that's made of less metal.
3: Oh, that would be lovely. Thank you. You're really nice.
2: You hear? Just a slice. Oh! <coughs> <laughs> 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 as he's <laughs> <laughs> taken by this little.
0: Suck Uh, Yeah, and with that, you guys kind of cut out of this. Celestial Menagerie, uh, a trip of about a week that is only echoed to Cole's and Odalisa's trip, that is equally as long, but about a week ahead of time of you guys. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, Cole and Odalisa, you get to the Circus of Wayward Wonders and are quickly allowed in. They explain to you that the circus has been. Uh, kind of, kind of new and up and coming, and that they're just looking for a place to kind of start a family together. Uh, this guy named uh, Myron, uh, he goes by Thunder, is the main leader, with an older man named uh, Professor, kind of like at his back, kind of the more the brains, and Thunder is like the loud showman voice. And you guys are welcomed in with open arms. Uh, About a week later, the other three and random goblins in tow do the same thing. And it is very quick that you guys are allowed in. Uh, If you guys want to kind of introduce yourselves, uh, basically this is like just a bunch of flashes of a like a, a week going by as you guys are kinda like practicing tricks, trying to get into the rotation of things. So go for it as you're kind of Thunder like brings uh Scrag and Thovis and Spring up and he's like, Uh yeah, we had to actually we had some newcomers over here uh just about a week ago. Uh it's a half elf and an elf. Uh, here, come here. And he brings you guys over, and like, rather large arms, like half-hug, just kind of pushes you into them and says talk. Uh, hello?
6: Nice
2: uh, to meet y'all. I'm, I'm Philvis. Uh, I um, suppose we're going to be working together from now for a while.
5: Uh, cold eyes are locked on <laughs> Spring Breeze Meadow. Uh, and he says, uh, without really looking at the either two of you,
3: the name's Cole. She looks at Cole and like tilts her head a little, and she's like, "I think I've seen you at the Madams, right?"
5: He he visibly grimaces, but quickly tries to cover it. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I'm oh. glad you're here, though. We
3: could use extra hands she looks at her hands and she's just like yeah i have some do you need them
1: nope no, no. those stay on you
3: no Please. i don't I... I don't think i can remove them scragg i think he wants to use them though
1: yeah i was i was afraid you thought he wanted them
3: uh, Cole gives Scrag a look of,
5: he also thought that that was a risk. <laughs> like, he was about to say the exact same thing before you said it, uh, but he, he just closes his mouth and, and nods.
3: I'm very sorry uh, for confusing you from somebody else. I'm Spring Breeze Meadow. Uh,
5: and Cole, who is uh, over six foot, uh, gets, like, squats down to be somewhat more to your level. Uh oh, show off your eye, why don't you? Uh, and uh, Cole will like, shake it with as warm a uh, smile as he can manage.
3: There's definitely some sadness behind his eyes, but he'll say, It's a pleasure to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you, too. And you, she turns to Odalisa.
4: It is very nice to meet you. You're so wonderful. Oh, thank you. You're wonderful
3: and, like, a little flower opens oh. up. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh.
2: Oh. <laughs> is, um, covering his mouth with his hand, just just kind of keeping trying to look away a little bit, because he can't bear the cute. But, uh, he, uh, passes shoulder and says, Well, looks like we got a pretty good group here. So, uh, Think we're going to work well together? He's got a big smile on his face and he's a little goofy about it, but he's trying his best to ingratiate himself and make sure that everybody is uh, feeling okay about uh, meeting each other.
1: Uh, about that part. Um, see, I, I now know what a circus is. Um, what do I do?
3: that spring breeze meadow kind of like curls down a little bit and digs her toes into the dirt a little more. She goes, I don't, um, the mistress had some trouble with me and I don't know if I can do what they want me to do in this circus. Um, I might not be very good. I'm really sorry.
1: What do do they want you to do? You're...
3: You'll be fine.
5: There's plenty of us here. You don't need to work in the front if you don't want to.
3: She looks we need as much confused. help in the
5: back as we do on the stage.
3: I don't... I don't need to... to transform?
1: You do that. You do it all the time.
4: Not if you don't. But
2: only okay. if you want to.
4: Only if you want to. Um... Okay... I will
3: try my very best. We all look at the camera at the same time and say <laughs> consent is important. Oh. <laughs>
6: <Aww. laughs>
3: um, Scrag, I don't know if you saw me ever do it. The mistress found that I can do something really cool, but I'm not very good at it. But sometimes she'll try to help me and I can become something else
0: how does she help you um uh, about this time uh not privy to any of this conversation thunder walks by and he says hey uh we need we need a couple more shows for next week we got a big one the uh Aberton is not really Enjoying what they're going through right now. The mayor wants to come out. We're gonna do some good stuff. All right, you guys get ready. And he just keeps like walking by. Um.
1: So again,
5: uh,
1: what do we do in a the circus?
5: There are a lot of things we can run you through the paces. Find something that you, something that you like that you're good at.
2: Yeah, uh, I've uh, I've been around. I've seen a lot of acrobatics and all sorts of fanciful displays of skill and talent and a lot of things happen that are just a little weird and those are always really fun and please the crowd. A lot of what this does is try to just generally make the crowd enjoy what they're seeing. That's that's the whole feel of it. That's, that's what we gotta do.
1: All right. Got it. I mostly make stuff.
5: What kind of stuff?
1: Uh, it, it depends. Um, I mean, I've got, and he kind of pulls out his vials and stuff and kind of looks them over and goes, well, this one's fun, and he kind of uncorks the vial a little bit and takes some, like, colored powder and sprinkles it in for a moment and recorks it and gives it a shake and then throws it on the ground and just this giant puff of smoke fills the area and it's like colored vibrant red which is the powdery sprinkled into it and he kind of like coughs and (laughs) um i can make i can make things like this very fun to look at fire also very fun to look at (laughs) um
5: I don't know if the audience can see tricks if they're if we're covered in smoke, but maybe as an accent he says he's like trying to not like inhale the red mist because he doesn't know what the hell it is. I'm like trying to wave it away but failing. It's okay. Scrag doesn't know either. At this um. scene,
3: kind of Scrag back at his old <laughs> antics and everyone kind of talking around and discussing what can be done and just kind of like just at the right time like a nice little like breeze comes through um with some leaves getting scattered through and spring breeze just kind of like smiles at the perfection of everything and she gives uh scrag a little hug and she's just like i'm really happy you showed up and then like pop and there's no more spring breeze meadow there's a little butterfly on your arm for just a moment flapping its wings she's dead The butterfly. What happened? Scrag, Uh, Scrag, your mist
5: did something weird. I think it has drugs uh in it. Shit. There
1: was a new herb in that one.
5: The the Uh, little butterfly, like. You hadn't tested
1: it and you put it on us? What the hell are you thinking? I grabbed Spring carefully and go, all right, I think I know how to undo this.
3: The little um, butterfly on your uh, arm, like, kind of crawls up to your hand and its its butterflies open into this, like, little weird leafy pattern. And then pop! And Spring Breeze Betta's back.
2: Oh.
4: What just well, happened?
2: <laughs> whatever you did to undo it worked. Good job.
1: I haven't done it yet. Spring, what did you do? That's
3: That's the first time I did it. Like, like that. I've never been a butterfly before.
6: Um, That was me.
3: That's what the madam found out I can do. But usually it's a lizard.
6: Why a lizard?
2: Mm. Ah. Huh. That's something I've never seen before. That's amazing.
3: She smiles brightly. Thank you. I didn't mean to so, honestly, I was just really happy.
0: well, just do that. that's awesome, and with that, there's another kind of loud like there's these two large hands kind of hit each other's a loud clap is he's like, oh that was that was great. that'll be one of them as he walks by again, and we kind of we kind of transition into this week of you guys learning your tricks, which can be uh presented next time uh what i will say though is that we see this we kind of end with this scene as you guys are coming to the big show of the circus kind of looking out from behind one of the curtains the stands are full aberton has been Expecting this for a long time, and the mayor is there as promised as all of you guys are just looking at it. Probably more people than most of you have seen in one place in your life, ready to watch you guys do things. And almost immediately, as you guys are all kind of thinking this, standing together, you guys have got a little close over the course of these this week. And you hear this, like, loud, high-pitched scream coming from behind. You guys all turn around, and you see, laying on the ground, uh, presumably dead, uh, Thunder, the leader of the circus. And that's where we'll pick up next week.
4: I killed him! What the? What? I okay with it. Yeah, come on, man! Yeah, we all kind of He
6: has
2: such a cool name!
6: Thunder!